We hope you'll be blessed and inspired and challenged and motivated by this fresh word from Christian Heritage Church. Mary and Tom, would you both stand and come? Mary and Tom Ritz have been a part of our church for the last three years, if my memory serves correctly. And uh, God led them here. They're a delightful couple that Yvonne and I have gotten to know and became friends with. We're just uh, thrilled with them and what God's doing in their lives. And Tom works for the Veterans Administration. He actually built the new Veterans Cemetery. He's now taking a job in Atlanta, and they leave tomorrow. So this is their last Sunday with us. A month ago or so, Mary came in and was telling me about what God was putting in her heart about her home nation of Zimbabwe. If you're watching the news, you know there's a lot of conflict and turmoil going on in Zimbabwe right now. When she and I talked and she began telling me how God was asking her to develop a new ministry to help the churches and the pastors in Zimbabwe move to a place of renewal and revival, that sparked something in my heart because that's what I like to do as well. And I said to her at that time, Mary, I want you to come and I want you to share what God's going to do in you and through you. And that's what she's going to do this morning. I'm very sad that they are moving to another phase in their life, but I'm delighted in the doors that God has opened and what they're doing. So this morning, Mary's coming to bring the word. Would you welcome Mary Ritz to our podium today? God bless you, Mary. Thank you. Bless you, Tom. Thank you. Good morning. And thank you very much for the opportunity. But before I even go further, thank you, Pastor Steve. Thank you, Pastor Yvonne. Never taken lightly. Thank you for opening your heart to me and to Tom. We've grown a lot in this church. Today, what I'm going to be talking about is advancing the kingdom of God in unity. That's the topic. This has been on my heart for a couple of months. And I remember sending pastor an email about unity and what I thought. And I thought I had parked it. I talked about it. I prayed about it. So you know what happens when you've got pastors that listen? The last time I spoke, I spoke about putting up your hand for the mission. So I had said, I'm up for the mission. But I didn't realize pastor, my pastors were listening. And I also said... Take yourself out of your comfortable uh, zone. Be uncomfortable with the comfort. And the pastor was listening. And then I came innocently to share with Pastor Steve about the vision that he about the vision that God has laid on my heart. As we were closing the meeting, he quickly slided in. Will you preach on this coming weekends? Because I had exposed myself, I couldn't say no. Because I had said, I'm up for the challenge. And he took that. And right now, I am jumping. I am taking it by faith. But I also know that through his work, I will land. I will not fall. Amen. Amen. I also just want to talk a little bit about the church before I move on. I remember Daryl Willis one day when he was pretty new, he said, you guys don't know what you've got here. That caught my attention. Then my husband, in his quiet voice one day when we were going home, he says, there's no day that Pastor Steve does not deliver the word, regardless of whether the church is full or it's not, he keeps to the mission 
So you have something good that's going on here at CHC. And I'm saying, let's rally towards that. It does not get better than this. You get better. All right? Then I'm going to break a little bit. Doug Apple challenged me to read the word like I've never read before. Tina Pate challenged me to study properly. Dr. Davis teaching me to remember the word. Anne Gleaton telling me and saying the Holy Spirit. When I'm saying I want to talk about work, she's sliding in the Holy Spirit. And you have somebody quiet like Chrissy sitting over there talking to me to say, when you go out, remember you're an ambassador. All I'm saying is that you've got it here at CHC. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, for this morning. Thank you, Lord, for your work that you have started. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. We pray that, Jehovah, you start with us and you end with us. Use me as your vessel. Let me decrease and you increase for your glory. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I would like you right now to just think like pastor, you were spot on when you said, let's be thankful. I want us to do something as an experiment to see what happens when we truly unify when we truly praise, when we truly praise and worship God in the same voice like He's commanded us to do. So for the next 30 seconds, in your seat right now, I would like you just to think of something. I want you to clap your hands. I want you to shout if that's what He wants you to do. And I don't want you to mince it. I want you to unify. And to thank God for what he's done in your life. Let's go. Just thank God right now. Thank God right now. And just worship him. And just worship him. 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 Amen. 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 When we do that, we unite and we can conquer anything. That's what he's talking about when he say in one accord... In one voice. Amen. So we're going to talk about what unity is. We're going to talk about the intentions of God pertaining unity. We're going to talk about what unites us as Christians. And then we're going to talk about how do we preserve it. Because it's been given already. It's been given. It's not for us to create. His word says it is there. It's for you and I, Miss N., it's for you and I, Ms. Carl, Mr. Carl, to preserve it. And how do we do that? So what is unity? You know, like if you look at it, you look at the family. That's where it starts, right? Father, mother, children. I don't know, maybe we've got dogs. You, you call them family as well. But you've got a goal. You've got a mission. That's a structure, right, of a unified unit. You also talk about organizations. Those that are great are unified. Those that are not so unified are diverse. There's conflict. But you also look at the army. I remember during Pearl Harbor, the army and the navy were conflicted. They were different. They thought they were different, but they're one. 
When you're one, when you're united, then nothing is impossible. Nothing can, con- can conquer you. So why are we even talking about unity today? Because the church has got a mandate. If the church is divided, the mandate cannot be accomplished. Our mandate is the commission. You and I are sent to be disciples and to make disciples. Therefore, if we are divided, we are a home that is divided. Therefore, the devil can come in and toss us right, left, and center because we're not divided. So it's very important that we understand that as a family, as a unit, we need to be under one God, under one spirit, okay? So we have to understand that. But we also have to understand that though I have given you an example of unity in the organization, of unity in the family, Our unity is deeper than that. Our unity is not just about hugging and kissing and all that. It flows deeper, but we're going to understand that. The world is in turmoil right now. It needs us to go. Let's look at Mark 3, verse 24 to 25. I'm reading off from the Amplified Version. Just to start off, it says, if a kingdom is divided split into functions and rebelling against itself, the kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. So if we are divided, we cannot stand. In other words, we are kind of like useless, to be honest with you, if we're going to be put it bluntly. All right? We're too destructed. Then Ephesians 4 verse 11 supports, and his gifts to the church were varied, And he himself appointed some as apostles, special messengers, representatives, some as prophets who speak a message from God to the people, some as evangelists who spread the good news of salvation, and some as pastors and teachers to shepherd and guard and instruct. This is is not a new verse for you. You know this. The reason I'm bringing it is because we've been given different talents. But what God requires us to do is to stick within our mission. If I am the arm of the church, please, God, help me to remain and be the arm. If I am the leg of the church, please, God, help me to keep into my lane. What has happened is because we have freedom like we like, We can express ourselves. So because I'm the arm, I truly believe that I can tell the leg how to behave. Because I think maybe I can function better. That's wrong. God created you to be a deacon. God created you to be a pastor. God created me to be a speaker, not to be a preacher. Therefore, the leading and and the preaching, I leave it to pastor. And I trust him. Because that's his vision, that's his mandate. God is controlling that. If he needs my input, I'm going to come to him. He's going to come to me and say, Mary, help me out. But it's not for me to control him because I'm the arm. I'm not the head. All right? So yes, we've been given all these things. But the church now, because maybe you're multifaceted, you're multi-talented, you get confused 
about your place. Stick to your lane. And that's how unified we should remain. (coughs) So I was very curious. I said, so what does unity mean, Lord? Just show me. I went to the dictionary, and it says the quality or state of not being multiple. That's oneness. He also talks of unity as a, as, as, um, a chord, and that's being, the, the, there's a state of harmony in there. And then there's unification. And it also talks about unity as being a system, a whole system, that if one part is broken, then everything else is broken. All right? He also talks about it as agreement and alliance, but that's even shallow compared to the unity that we're talking about here. When you look at these words, oneness, unification, one accord, there's something deeper. It's not on the surface. It's not artificial. It's not on the exterior. It comes from within. It has to come from within for it to last. Okay? Where there's no unity, we cannot achieve anything. But where there's unity, we can achieve there's power, there's purpose, we are driven, we can accomplish our mission, and there's peace. But let's look at the opposite of unity. Separation. Which means there's a them and us. Alright? Then there's opposition. So we're beginning to compete. Who sings better than who? Why is Mary preaching today or speaking today, not me? Okay? There's a them and an us. All right? There's also discord and confusion. And guess what? That's what the devil wants. You cannot be effective if you have confusion. You cannot be if the house is not in order. All right? Then there's disagreement and conflict. All right, so you can disagree to agree, right? You can disagree and you can communicate. But this kind of disagreement and this type of conflict really brings in destruction. All right, so we disagree to the extent that we refuse to even meet halfway. It becomes about egos, and I'm right, I'm more educated, I'm smarter. By the way, I'm holier than thou. And then for the church, unfortunately, when that happens, the church becomes a religious unity. It becomes lifeless. It means that you minimize its potential. You minimize its capability. And what have we done? When we say we are Christians, I call that young Christ or small Christ. That's what I call it. So if, God, if Christ is that powerful, and because of my destructive behavior, I minimize how he can work. I minimize the work of CHC. I minimize the work of the church across. Then I've lost it. What are the fundamentals of that? What is there? What, what is the basis of unity? One vision, one purpose. And our purpose as Christians is to make disciples for the kingdom of God. That's really our primary. Everything else that we do, even talking about unity, about praising and everything else, at the end of the day is, have we won people for the kingdom of God? So also, 
In unity, we realize that we are different, unique, but at the same time, we are equally important. And again, we are a system that works together. It's not one person. It's not one person. It's a system entirely. The fact about unity and disunity is that it's deeper than what we see. You can assume that people are unified, but the undercurrents is saying, no, we're not unified. It's only manifested in the exterior. When people don't come to church, when you have angry people, all sorts of things that do not just happen. That's what happens. So we can pretend like we are unified, but really we are not. But at the same time, if we are unified, it can still manifest. I'll give you a story. I was brought up in a family of seven. So as we were growing up, my parents would talk to us about how the other sibling did not behave very well. And the seven of us did not connive against them. We just did not comment when they were talking about our other siblings. We just listened and carried on with our business. Then later on, my, dad, my mom said to my mom, as my father was complaining again about one of us, my, my mom says, but have you not noticed? They're so unified. They don't speak against each other. Stop. We must just stop. The power of unity. We did not sit down with my siblings to say this is what's going to happen. We did not say that. It just happened because it was within us. And my parents were like, okay, these are unified. But there's also destructive unity. You remember the story, the Babel Tower? Those people were unified. They wanted to build a tower for themselves. They did not want to be scattered out there. But then God said, let us confuse them. In his unity, Trinity, they confused them. How about Herod and Pilate? They also had their unity, but that was misguided. How about Zimbabwe this week that has fallen? That government was in power for 37 years, taking advantage of people. But this week, its own government, the own parties in there have disunited, and the power now belongs to the people. Amen. How about positive unity? True unity, Paul and Silas in jail, worshiping and praising. What happened? Power. That's what we're talking about. When we unite, that's what happens. Chains are broken, gates are opened. That's what we're talking about. People come to the word of God because you and I are praising, are worshiping in unity. Amen. How about the war of Jericho? Can you imagine just walking around in unity for seven consistent days, trumpet, okay? High priest, the Israelites, all unified, bringing it down. It becomes a supernatural intervention of God. That's what we need. But what has become our church today, what has become of our church, doctrine has separated us. Gossip, egos have separated us. Leadership, followers, hierarchies, power hungry. 
Those who volunteer and maybe those who feel like, oh, we don't volunteer anyway. Lack of shared vision, all these things. We've made our own kingdoms and our own priorities. And we've forgotten the mandate. And this is not new to us. The early church experienced it. Hence, Paul's letters. Do you see how many letters he's written? About unity? So it does not start with us. It's there. But the thing is, we've been given it. We just don't know how to preserve it. We need to preserve it. So now moving on to the next bullet. God's intention for the church. So why are we talking about this? So what does he want us to do? We go to the book of John, verse 17, 20 to 24. This is a powerful, powerful, powerful prayer, by the way. Powerful. Doug Apple, if I was still here, would be studying this. Okay? I would ask you to study this with us. It would be great. In this chapter, Jesus Christ is about to face the cross. And now he prays a very profound prayer. In that prayer, he prays about three specific things. Himself, his disciples, so that they can be protected, they can be consecrated, they can be united, they can be victorious. And then he also pray, prays for the believers across, all right? Twofold thing, two things in that. It's about the believers may believe that we are one with God and him. All right? That's where unity really starts to happen. Those are his, his intentions, that we are one with him. But at the same time, he wants us to be able to preach to the, to the broken so that they can see how united we are. They can see that Jesus Christ came and he was sent by him. We're talking salvation here. That's what we're talking about. This unity he's talking about is about salvation. If we are united, they can start asking about us. They can start talking about us. But so far, we have not been so great about it because we divide, we fight. All right? Let's read John 17, verse 24. It's a bit long. I do not pray for these alone. It is not for the sake only that I make this request, but also for all who will ever believe and trust in me through their message, that they all may be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that you also may be one in us, so that well the world may believe without any doubt that you sent me. And that even the rest is still the same. I have given to them the glory and honor which you have given me, that they may be one just as we are one. I in them and you in me, perfected and completed into one. Without any doubt, they will know that you have sent me. I'm paraphrasing now. So what, what you really see here is that Jesus Christ is praying for the believers to be one in him. And he wants us to be like them, their relationship. The basis of this is really relationship. Jesus Christ and God had a love and obedience relationship. There was a love of the Father and the Son, and the Son obeyed. So when we are in him, when they talk to us and they instruct us of what to do, we love them, we submit our lives to them, but we obey. All right. So when they say unify, we unify indeed. 
And then Romans 15, verse 5 to 7. It's also supporting this. Now may the God who gives endurance, God of patience, and who supplies encouragement, comfort, grant that you may be the same, of the same mind, with one another according to Christ Jesus, so that with one accord, meaning all together, you may with one voice glorify and praise and honor the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus. Therefore, continue to accept and welcome one another, just as Christ has accepted and welcomed us to the glory. This is when the weaker brother and the stronger brother were conflicting. And now Paul is writing this to say we need to accept one another. We need to be in one accord. And when he says like-minded, he's talking about us having a mind like Jesus Christ. So he's not saying that whatever you eat, I eat. Whatever you wear, I wear. This is understanding the mind of Jesus Christ. And the best way that we can understand the, the mind of Christ is sticking to the word. Whatever the word, the, the word says, that's the mind of Christ. You don't need to be fasting and praying and all that unnecessarily is there in the word. That's it. And if we all start to believe that and we all focus on that, we are now like one-minded people. According to the Greek word, homotumadon, I think if I pronounce it well, one accord means same desire, same longing. It means same mind. And accepting means welcoming other people. So how welcoming are we when they're different from us? When they speak differently, when they behave differently, when they have had a wild life? How do we now, the clean ones, accept those ones that are coming in? How do I accept you when you do not speak in tongues and I speak in tongues? How do I accept you? All right. Even if you have an attitude, how do I accept you? If you look at all this, it's really about the agape kind of love. There is no way in our natural selves we can do this. There is no way in our natural selves that we can love. It only takes God. And it only takes us dying to our desires, to our motives. Then we can start to live like what he's asking us to live. It's impossible without God. I mean, you have problems with your own siblings, let alone with a stranger from Zimbabwe. Unity is kept when, view, when we view others more important. That's the shock, right? I have to view you, Jessica, more importantly than me. That's right. It means I must be able to serve you. That's right. I must be able to do that for you. And forget me. And we live in a culture right now that says, you first. Right. And here he's saying, Philippians 2 verse 3, we won't go there. To save time. It says you are not that important. Jessica is. Jessica is more important. Do not think of yourself in high regard. Think of the other and serve. So when we are in conflict, it's no longer your ego. It's no longer you about being right. It's about you saying, am I serving here? Am I serving for the kingdom of God? 
Even though I might have a better idea here, but am I willing to keep quiet so that the glory of God can prevail? But we want to show it. Pastor, I want to show you, by the way, that I've got a PhD. I want to show you that. I want to show you that I've done this work before. I want to show it. I want to prove it to you that I can do it better. Therefore, I don't submit under you. Therefore, I miss an opportunity to hear from you. I miss an opportunity to look deeper and to see what's going on in this church. Then I miss Doug Apple. I miss Tina. I miss this. I miss that. I miss because I'm busy. I'm busy being distracted. And by the way, he said, we've got the power. We can change the world. But because we're too distracted and we're fighting, our priorities are misguided. We've built our own castles. We've made it about us, not about the commission, not about the big picture. Oh, we're wasting time. And people are calling us. Zimbabwe is calling us. Angola is calling us right now. The missionaries are going. We are here to impact. So what unites us? I call this the seven ones. Okay, like seven and one. O and E. This is in Ephesians 4, verse 4 to verse 6. The basis of unity is the spirit of God. He outlines it. So when you tell me that I came out of a church because they made females preach, I kind of like look at these seven ones and they're not there. That's not there. That you should split because you've made a lady preacher. Uh, Joyce Meyer preaches, therefore it's meant to be a, a man's role. I always ask to say, do you think... When we meet God, he's going to say, how were you saved? Who introduced you to Christ? You are going to say, I was introduced to Christ by Dr. Davis. And God is going to say, oh, she was a woman. You don't qualify. Come on. Come on. Seriously? You think God is going to care about that? He's going to care about, did you get the job done? Whether you're a man or a woman. But we fight, we fight, we fight, we fight. This is just one example. You don't even have to pray about that. It's only logic. Nobody's going to care whether Pastor Yvonne saved me. Nobody. They're just going to care Mary is saved. That's it. She's done her job. That's all that matters. So let's look at the spirit. There's one body. So if you and I believe that there's one body... If whoever else is worshipping down the road, if they believe that there's one body, which is all believers, all right? So that's the the first one, right? And then there is one body of believers and one spirit, the next one. Just as you were called to one hope, number three, when called to salvation, then you've got one Lord or one God, number four. And you've got one faith, number five. And you've got one baptism, number six. And number seven, you've got one God and Father of us all who is sovereign over all and working through all and living in all. Come on, guys. Why are we fighting? 
So, my question to you is, the people that you are fighting, do they believe all these things? Because this is the basis of unity. Do they believe all these things? These are not personality traits. These are principles, biblical principles, that somebody died for. That when we said yes to Jesus, we were saying yes to these seven things. So why are we fighting? To me, that's the basis of Christianity. You know, in an organization, they'll say values, they'll say the culture, but here, these are the principles of Jesus Christ. This is where, where it all starts. Faith, we believe that we're not, we, were, we were justified, all right? When we talk about God being the father of all, it means you and I can go and interact with him. There's a personal relationship. When he talks about one hope, it means that we hope that we're going to meet with him, Right? When we talk about one body, it means that he's the head of that one body. And that body could be in South Africa, that body could be in Tanzania, that body could be in Asia, that body could speak a language that you don't understand. It's the same body. Amen. All right. Then, how can we preserve this unity God has given us? The last part. Where can you and I start? Because I like the practical application. So we can talk about all these things, but what I always say is, so what God? What is my role? How can I make this into a reality? All right? So where do I start from? I really need to understand that. I'm here for a purpose, for a bigger purpose than I. I'm here to serve. If I have given my life to Jesus Christ, I'm here for that mandate. I now need to go. The reason why my life has changed in the last two years is I remember a pastor about one and a half years ago, he preached a message. I don't remember the entire message, but he said something three or four times in that message. He said, go, go, go. And that's all I took from that message. And then I understood what it was about. It was for me and you to go and make disciples. Amen. So let's look at Ephesians 4, verse 2 to 3. Where can we start from? We start off with, with all humility, forsaking self-righteousness and gentleness, maintaining self-control with patience. You need patience because you're going to be dealing with people. Bearing with one another, so me showing grace to other people with one another in unselfish love, agape kind of love, that's what I'm required to do, make every effort, whoa, I like that, make every effort, because it's going to be work. So you're going to be praying about it, you're going to be conscious about it, you're going to be aware about it, of it. Every effort to keep the oneness of the spirit. So it's not taken for granted, it's just not going to work on its own. You and I have to make the effort to bond together, to live together, and to be successful together. So personalities are going to come in the way. By the way, I know how this is done, and you know how this is done, right? I've been to that church and that church, right? But we need to come together and, and work together and, and understand one another. All right? That's where it's coming from. If you look at it, 
Like, where do we start with the preservation? Jesus Christ, John 17, he prayed for himself first. Then he prayed for his disciples. Then he prayed for the believers across. And even the next believers. So he was praying for us before we even knew it. He was praying for us. So when you're now saying, where do I start from? I believe that it must start with you. Internally. It must start off there. All right. So you're born again, salvation, that's where it starts from. And then from there you start praying. You start finding out your weaknesses. And you start abiding with Jesus Christ. You are dependent. In fact, you are intertwined with him. The Holy Spirit is your advocator. You go in and you talk and and you lay everything. Your life is orchestrated by the Holy Spirit. You become friends with him. Worshipping now becomes natural to you. Like Courtney, I was talking to her. He says, Mary, whatever you see on stage is exactly my lifestyle. All right? So unity, you have to be united yourself. You have to be united with the Holy Spirit, with God, with Jesus Christ. Your life after salvation does not stop there. We were talking about in Doug's class and we're saying that your inner man, your inner man should, should overleave, should, should overleave your outer man. That's your spirit now, God's spirit, overriding your soul, your emotions, your, your motives. That's where you need to be. Now you need to be feeding that spirit. That's how you become one. Then once you have done that, you take it now to the local church. Where now you start showing control, humility, all right, bearing with one another, humbleness, all right, because God is already working inside of you. If God is not working inside of me, that's why you see the drama queen here. Because God is, because I'm not in one, I'm not, I'm not in one with God or with the Holy Spirit at all, I'm not that. But if we start working on ourselves, understanding our differences, understanding our weaknesses, and asking God to work in us, then the local church will be easier to manage. Then guess what? The broader church, the international church, will even become, will become a breeze. Then you start understanding that you are a, a part of a whole. So you've got those three things. Jesus Christ started from the inside to the outside. So for yourself, when you want to preserve it, you started from the inside to the outside. I'm wrapping up, Pastor. I just want to close now. And maybe the, uh, the praise and worship team could come as I do this. John 14 verse 23 says, Jesus answered, if anyone really loves me, he will keep my word teaching, and my father will love him, and we will come to him and make our dwelling place with him. I won't even explain that because that's just too powerful. That's just too powerful. Because if we love him, we can do this. All right? I'm going to tell you about a tree I learned about in Southern California. It's called the red uh, wood. It's a tree that intertwines with the rest of its kind underneath. 
It's very tall, but it's also flimsy. But in the, when the wind comes, you almost think that it's going to fall. But you know why it doesn't fall? Because it's intertwined. The roots are intertwined and they're cutting across. They're locked. They're locked. That's what it takes. On my own, I can fall. On my own, I can fall. But once we are united in the agape kind of love and knowing our mission and understanding our differences, knowing that we are uniquely and fearfully, wonderfully made in a different way, but we are the same, we can do it. We can do it together. So at this point, I'm going to ask you to just stand up and reach across the aisle and touch somebody as locking with them in unity. Even if you want to lock shoulder to shoulder. And then I'm going to pray and hand it over to pastor. All right. Find somebody. Hold somebody. Whether they look different from you or not. They're not because we've just done the seven ones. We believe in the same thing. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you in this place. Thank you for your move. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your word today. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing at CHC. Thank you, Lord, for your unity. Thank you, Lord, for your understanding. Thank you, Lord, for one accord. Thank you, Lord, for togetherness. Thank you, Lord, for oneness. That Jehovah, our differences, outward appearances, are God, will not hinder us. Our personalities, are God, will not hinder us, are God. But Jehovah... We pray that today we lock arms in arm with others to stand in the name of Jesus so that we can go and make disciples. So that Jehovah, we can change the world in the name of Jesus. They need us. But if we are divided, we are ineffective. Father, we pray that Jehovah, you bring down the barriers of of disunity right now. You unite us in Jesus' name. You unite us, oh God. You make us a system that works and functions properly. Our egos die in the name of Jesus. They reduce in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Jehovah. Amen and amen. Our prayer is that God will take this word and plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. Father, we pray for your great wisdom to infiltrate this listener, draw them to you, and take them gently down the road to their next destination in life. And if you're in need of a home church, we invite you to join us at Christian Heritage Church on Shera Road in Tallahassee, Florida, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. For a worship service where the presence of God has first place, you're invited to Christian Heritage Church. Sunday morning service is at 10.30, Wednesday evening at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For all the latest information, visit our website, chctoday.com.